last time on You Meet in a Tavern. Our philosophers have been doing some investigative work. Felix has taken residence in the Lost Temple along with the Dread King. For the moment, they have not been seen outside the Eternal Flats. I am not certain as to why this is, but I fear that Felix has bigger plans in motion. Our philosophers were able to extract several books from the temple library before that too was destroyed. The Dread King is a legendary monster that destroyed hundreds and hundreds of wizards before us. With the totem's combined power, the Seven were able to banish the Dread King back into the Black Plains. Felix's ability to summon the beast remains a mystery, but it is imperative that we find the remaining six totems. The the tome mentions a human by the name of Sabatha from the Red Sands. She was once a drifter in the desert and is recognized only by the wooden amulet she wore around her neck. I've managed to track down the last known location of the tomb in which she was supposedly buried. I suggest we start there. And the Archmage says, excellent work. And he turns to you and he says, the Red Sands is a dangerous, desolate place in the far west reaches of our world. You of should... course it is. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you something? Can yes. I tell you something? I was hoping that we would go to a desert because one of the things I can turn into is a camel. Usefulness <laughs> 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 you, knows no bounds. <laughs> <laughs> go <God>. on. <laughs> okay, that's that's great. I'm really really happy for you. So you remember what happened last time? You guys finished off in uh, Blackrock Mine. You saved Marty. You got the Mysterious Gear. Uh, and the Archmage told you all about these seven items. And uh, Gear is the first one. So you have six items to collect. And um, you've been hanging on the Arcane Tower, waiting for these dust storms to pass before heading off to the Red Sands, where you are in search of a um, tomb of a woman from the desert named Sabatha. So Tess kind of comes into your room and says, um, guys, okay, the port, the portal's ready. The dust storms are gone. You guys ready for this? Yes, ma'am. Ready, ready, ready. I'm ready. Ready, ready. I'm ready. So um, she shuts the door and turns around and pulls out her wand and says, okay, we'll do this right here. And she points the wand at the door, and it turns into this blue portal. Okay, here you go. And she pushes you through the portal. Um, and you guys... That's us going through the portal. Fucking Bill and Ted, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Okay, you guys land flat on your face, um, and you get up, and you look around you. And the portal closes behind you and all around you is just this vast desert of red sand and rock. Uh, You've seen like pictures, colored pictures of Mars. This is kind of what it looks like. Um, Just all around you is just this red rock and and dirt and sand. And um, you can see kind of dust storms off in the distance trailing off. And there's just swirls of of dust kind of all around you. Wisps of sand traveling and uh, it's pretty windy. I immediately turn into a camel. <laughs> How many charges do you get at level three of that? Two. So Two. just one right off the bat. Yep. But it lasts for an hour. Okay. All right. What What do you look like as a camel? Yeah, I guess well, you're, you still so wear all I, your stuff. Well, before I before I turn into a camel, I'll pull the group. Should I be a dromedary camel or a Bactrian camel? Dromedary has one hump. Bactrian has two humps. Dromedary is bigger. Two humps. Two humps. Two humps. Okay, I transform into a Bactrian camel. Okay. All right, so you are a, a uh, double So, humped. So I'm assuming, Dirk, you're doing this so we can ride you, correct? Yes. Okay. 
you guys, you guys uh, hop on. Can't Carl also summon his own mount? That's up to him. That's a second level spell. That's true. That's true. Maybe you should save it. I'll just, I'll just uh, carry everybody around. Okay. Um. So, oh wait. So, Durf, it's kind of on you to like. I don't know any. I don't have any directionality here. You being the camel and the druid, can you navigate us? Is that possible? Hmm. Uh, I guess that's possible. Um, hmm. My passive perception as a camel is nine, so that's not very high. What can we do? I guess, so, so we're in the middle of a desert, which is just a desert in every direction. Well, would you like to make a perception check, maybe? Why don't we make a perception check? Okay. Uh, why don't you each make a perception check? Just around you. Check what's around. Uh, hard in the paint with a four for me. <laughs> okay. Turf gets a four. Thir- 13 for uh, Tug. 22 for Carl. Carl. Carl, you see the shit out of a large wooden statue in the distance. You can just barely make through like the... You know, when you look at like a hot road, how everything's kind of like jumbled. You could just see in the distance this this blurry vision of a of a large statue. Dirk and Tug, I, I'd see a statue in the distance. I think we should maybe head that way, guys. All right. I spit some cud out on the ground and start galloping towards the statue. Do you guys want to jump on first? I thought they were already on me. Oh, OK. I already shot gun first time. Uh, yeah, can confirm. I am on his back. All right. So, okay. uh, Durf, you you gallop straight towards this uh, large wooden statue. And as you get closer, um, this is a few hundred yards off. As you get closer, you make out the um, the visage of a woman. And this is a this is a wooden statue, from what you can tell. Um, and as you get about ten feet close, you can you can see it in all of its glory. It is a a woman um, in a plain robe adorned with a belt with the symbol of the sun on the buckle. The other interesting piece of this statue is the carving of a small amulet around her neck. And it's like in the shape of a large figure eight, where the top loop is a lot smaller than the bottom thick loop. And she is holding an empty wicker wicker basket in both hands. Like actually wicker or well, it's, it's all made of wood. It's all carved into wood, but it, it looks like a wicker basket. Gotcha. Interesting. Is, is her the symbol on her waistband the same <coughs> like the symbol for Pelor that we saw on the Why don't you make a religion check? Not very religious, it's a five. <laughs> you you can't tell. At this point, you you try to think back and your memory is hazy about the temple. I spit out some cud. <laughs> some more? You still got some in there? Yeah, it's, I got a ton of it. You got oh, two yeah. humps, so extra cud. Yeah. yeah. Just to show my, my displeasure with Carl not figuring that shit out. Okay. I spit a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, so are there the any basket? doors around? Yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty much just um, all red sand and rock still around you. The scene really doesn't look that much different than when you first landed, but now there's a statue there. And it's fully carved out of wood. Nothing, we see no metal. Fully carved out in wood. Yeah, can we poke at shit and see if there's any switches on it? Yeah, sure. We do a poke at shit check? Uh, just uh, just poke it. You don't have to make a check. I'm out of poke. Where are you poking? Various Various parts of the statue. Um, maybe maybe first I'll kind of rear up on my hind legs and try and push down on the basket, see if the arms are a switch, perhaps. Okay. Yeah, you push down on the basket and uh, nothing happens. Okay. Um, what 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 did you say about the? There's like a figure eight. Yeah, it's like a it's a, it's a everything's wood, but carved around her neck is um, embossed a a uh, like a it almost looks like a really thin thread around her neck that ends in this figure eight. And the, the top loop of the figure eight is a lot smaller than the bottom. Um, why don't one of you, why don't all three of you make an investigation check? I'll give you a little help. Let's do an investigation check. 
Let's investigate, fellas. Seven. Sixteen for Carl. Uh, Fifteen for Tug. Okay. Um, Durf, with your camel eyes, you don't make out anything really, but Tug and Carl, you do notice if you look down the wicker basket, um, which is which the top of it's probably like eye level to Tug. If you look down, you actually see uh, some writing, some writing carved into the wood um, underneath the wicker basket. And it's in common. And you read this. Oh, weary traveler, what rest you seek? I lay in wait to treat your tired bones. Do not linger. Eternal rest is my own. One turn of the sun and I'll be closed. From pain, from strife, from fear, from life, come now and be anew. Leave behind your burdens of war and bring only peace with you. So we got to put our weapons in there. That's what I think. I That's say that funny. in camel. What a sound. You can't, sort of you can't talk like. in camel. You got to turn back into a human if you want to talk. I, okay, so then I'll just shrug my spear off my back into the into the basket <laughs> to it, signify to the rest of the crew that that's what I think we should you do. Like, nod will, to them like, eh, eh, eh. Tug <laughs> awkwardly needs his fists inside the basket. <laughs> I will place all my weapons in the basket. Okay, so you guys are now weaponless. Um, Tug, are you also... I guess, are you I, placing... I am now entire body is in the basket. Okay, everything's in the <laughs> basket. I am a living weapon. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, so as you do this, as all your weapons leave, and Tug, you are sitting in the basket, um, the wooden statue uh, starts to descend. And in a 10-foot radius around the statue, the sand beneath your feet uh, starts to kind of fall away. And it reveals this spiral staircase going down to the left. Um, Yeah. Okay, so there's two kinds of Zelda switches where on one kind, if you step off, the thing that you opened closes again. And another, once you open it, it stays. So... The first thing I do is pick my spear up with, with my mouth out of the basket to see if the stairs stay there or not. All right. The statue springs up and Tug goes flying outside of the <laughs> statue about 30 feet in the air behind you. And Tug, why don't you roll a D4? Oh, I'll roll a D4. Uh, you're going to take four damage as you Excellent. hit a rock. I just spent $1,000 on the spear. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to leave it in the middle of some fucking desert, but that's I put it back. Okay, and the and the uh, the statue descends once again. I strolled down the stairs. Are you you still a camel? Yep. <laughs> Damn it! I've only been a camel for like five minutes. Okay, that's like what, a fifty-five minutes a camel to go. What are you two doing? I'm picking myself up off the earth and following. I will follow as well since I got my ass lawn darted <laughs> half a mile away. <laughs> All right. So you guys um you guys head down this staircase and as you reach the bottom you um go through this archway and you come through to this beautiful beautiful rectangular chamber uh with tall arched column columns that climb up to the ceiling. Um adorning on the walls you see big active fiery uh braziers like big big lanterns. Um, on each side of this chamber, you see two large archways that lead to other rooms in the room in the uh, in the place, and these are occupied occupied by grand beds with dark red silk covers. In the center of this main chamber, you see a long wooden table with a massive feast set out. Uh, there's there's tall ornate candles going down the center of the table. And this table is just littered with cooked meats and platters of fruit and breads and cheeses, steaming stew, and cask upon cask of delicious-looking ale. Uh, Tug elects to start drinking. Jeff thinks this looks like a fucking trap, and he just okay. kind of meanders and lets Tug take the lead. Okay, as you uh, guys I have- drink carefully. <laughs> <laughs> so you take a seat at the um, head of the table tug and you grab a cask and as you look down this table you actually notice 
that there are dozens of chairs and some of them are, are occupied by skeletons. There's three of them. There's two on your left and one to the right. And Durf, as you meander around to the side, you see two figures on the floor to the side of the table. Um, these aren't skeletons per se, but they look like they're in real bad shape. Um, there's like rotting flesh on their bones, uh, which you can clearly see through this skin that has kind of drooped down to the floor. Um, they are small. They are, they are like childlike corpses. And you do notice on their heads, they have uh, each these two small white horns that are curling back across the side of their forehead at the top of their skulls. Uh, so they did. Doug is no longer drinking. Tug <laughs> <laughs> just slowly lowers his mug to the table. <laughs> um, they are they are super fucking dead. Uh, Carl, what are you doing? Kind of just hanging out in the doorway. I'm going to go ahead and drop one of my golden feathers. Okay. So that we can- <laughs> Okay. On our way back to the entrance when we inevitably get lost. Okay, sounds good. Strong play, strong play. I'll, I'll, I'll give one of the corpses a sniff. See if there's any uh, interesting smells. Well, it's <laughs> dead. You smell the dead, dead stuff. Smells pretty nice. bad. Nice. I spit some cud. Some more. <laughs> yeah. What is cud exactly? Uh, I I think it's like, they actually like, half regurgitate food and chew on it throughout the day for, I don't know, reasons. So when you turned into a camel, did you just automatically have food in your mouth? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's part of the druid, druid thing. The druids do that. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know. I guess I look around some more. Okay, perception check. Uh, yeah, perception check. Natural 20. Damn. Yeah, you, you perceive the shit out of this room. You see... Um, you see like marks on the rocky walls, like slash marks on the walls. Um, you see to your left on the opposite side of the table, uh, there is a platform that leads up into this like half circle area that you couldn't see past all the candelabras and, and this, this is feast that's laid out and you see steps leading up to a large sarcophagus. And the lid is halfway off. Hmm. I'm going to stroll up cautiously okay. and check the sarcophagus out. Okay. Uh, investigation check. Uh, 11. Okay. Uh, with that, you you look down into it, um, and it's it's halfway dark. Uh, you can see a little bit of it from the light from these these candles and braziers from the room uh but it looks empty looks empty all right and so i'm up in the the little semicircle room is yes. there anything noteworthy around in the semicircle room any doors or anything like that no doors uh there's this uh there's this large golden figure of a woman on the uh, on the wall and she's like holding in her hands these these precious gems um, and the sarcophagus is right at her feet. Like loosely, like, like you could take the gems out of her hand. Uh, it looks like it. Yeah. Let's mm, not, that seems like a trap. I've seen enough mummy movies to know that that's okay. a trap. Uh, okay. why don't, can't you shoot an arrow and try and knock it out of the hand just to trigger the trap? See what happens. Like a camel arrow. Not you, aren't you? Um, <laughs> just like, God damn it. <laughs> Tug continues to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Have we explored all of the contours of this room? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm going to use a skeleton femur and throw it to try and dislodge the gem. Okay. That's a good idea. All right. um, Tug, as you reach for this, which one are you going for? Left or left or right? There's two on the left, one on the right. Uh, the, The left. Okay, you reach for the closest femur you can find to the left. And as you do so, your hand is grabbed around the wrist 
by this skeleton's hand as it lifts up from the chair and stares you right in the eyes. Uh, what's good is I know Rex Quando, if you all re- remember that, so I break the wrist and walk away. <laughs> uh, why don't we roll into initiative first? <laughs> uh, well, in that case, I'll be going last. <laughs> 18, 11, 12. Uh, Durf, Durf, what is your dex? Oh, my camel dex? Yeah, you're still a camel. Minus one. Minus one. (laughs) So actually 17. Okay. Oh, okay. That's important. Wait, is that how how it works? Well, so if you tie someone with their, uh, if you tie an enemy or you tie one of the other guys, whoever has the highest dex goes first. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So it's 18. And my, but my, yeah, my dex is eight. Okay. As yeah. Campbell. So that's minus one. Yeah. Uh, the skeleton that, uh, so first of all, where are you guys in relation to tug currently? Uh, I guess I'm at the bottom of the stairs or platform or whatever. So you're on the opposite side. Yeah. You're at the other end of the table. So you're probably about 15 feet from, from tug and the skeletons. Carl, you are I'm, just at the base of the spiral staircase. Yes. Okay. So you're you're about the same distance away. Yeah. Okay. The skeleton that was next to the one that grabbed Tug is going to reach up and stand on the chair and grab a knife from the table and just try to leap over and come straight down at you, Tug, with this knife. Hooray. And it's going to roll a... Uh, eight. Eight does not make it. Okay, so you definitely dodge. How do you want to dodge this? Um, well, I'm still being grasped by the one in front of me, right? So yes. I guess I will fade backwards towards the back of the skeleton's chair that's sitting down. Like, that has me. Okay. Does that makes sense? Yep. So you're, like, wrapping its arm around the back of the chair? Yeah, trying to make okay. it a, make it a weird put it in a weird position. Sweet. So this this other skeleton just leaps over and um, plunges the knife into the chair that you were sitting in. Durf, your turn. So how far away am I from these two skeletons? About fifteen feet. Okay, my speed is fifty feet. So I'm going to cover that distance in an instant and bite one of the skeletons on, I'm going to say on like the neck. I don't know. Is that okay. where you bite a skeleton? I'm going to bite it on the neck. Okay. Are you leaping like on the table, like climbing over the table? Yes. I leap up onto the table okay. in camel form and bite the skeleton on the neck. Okay. You leap up on the table and just shit just goes flying off this thing and roll an attack roll. <laughs> One. Okay. <laughs> you you miss and you ended up just like kissing it with your floppy camel lips just on the <laughs> face that's cool <laughs> okay um what happens next is the two figures that were on the ground uh with the horns and this rotted flesh also start to get up and they look eerily similar like twins um, and they are together going to strike out at you, um, Durf. They're going to come up and just take their rotted hands and smash you across the face. So the first one is going to roll a seven. That will not hit. Okay, so it just barely misses underneath your, your head. And the second one rolls a 14. That will hit. Okay, so it is going to do four damage to you. Okay. As this rotted hand collides with your face. Carl. What's the closest pig to me? The closest what? The little skeleton guy. There's one close, super close to me. Yeah, so there's there's Tug, who's kind of holding a skeleton's arm behind his back. To the right of him is another skeleton. To the left of Tug are the two zombies attacking Durf. So the two little skeletons that are attacking Tug. Yep. I just I just want to kind of like take off running 
and then just jump and, you know, giant like belly splash onto both of them <laughs> and tough. Okay. And try and immobilize all of them. You're just going to okay. Uh, you can only attack one at a time, but I, I would let you try to like grapple your body on top of the one that came down with the knife. Okay. Okay. Roll a um, roll a strength throw. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, that misses. So you go oh, to God. to run and jump, and your arms are are flying out, and you just barely miss and land um, on the table over some roast beef. Yummy. Yummy. Tug. So let's see. Came over. I'm going to say the skeleton grabbed my left arm, if you're all right with that, Joe. Yep. So uh, since I kind of stepped back, I'm going to try and just throw a couple right hooks into the skeleton's head. Just from the the back? Yeah, just because I kind of faded back to dodge the one attack. Sweet, sweet. So I'm okay. just going to try and do a couple, couple swings. All right, um, I'll let you do that with advantage since it's kind of in a in a grappled position. Excellent. Um, okay, so that means every attack roll, I roll twice and take the higher one. Correct. So that's a fifteen. Yep. Uh, or a twenty. Yeah. Is it a natural twenty? No. Okay. So yeah, you hit either way. Okay. Uh, so. This is my first strike. Is a six damage. Okay. And then I'm rolling for my second attack. Uh, twenty, not natural. Yep, that'll hit. And and a seven, so oh. I'll take the twenty. And then, uh, um, it is six damage. Six damage. Okay. Um. So yeah. So you come and swing with your right hook and you smash this thing across the face and you just hear this crack. And with your left hook, you come across once again and the skull just bursts into about 50 different pieces that fly across the room. And this guy's dead. Sublime. Okay. Uh, Up next is the skeleton that was across the table from you, Tug. And he's going to see this and he's just going to leap across and try to grab you by the throat so i decline that you decline (laughs) that (laughs) he's gonna roll a seven to hit that is not gonna that's not gonna get there okay so with quick fists you're able to lift them up and block this grapple attempt um up next is a skeleton that kind of ran up and attacked you first tug He's going to turn and attack Carl, who's on the uh, table with his knife still in his hand. And my roast beef. Rolls a 23. That's a <laughs> hit. All right. That's a hit. Okay. It's going to do seven damage to you. All right. So it's going to get you right between the shoulder blades, the armor and your shoulder blades. Turf. So where are the, where is everybody relative to me? You got two zombies right on your front. On the ground, um, you've got a skeleton that is, uh, let's see. Yo, you got a skeleton right in front of Tug at his chair. And then to Tug's right, there's a skeleton kind of looking over Carl. How close are the two right in front of me to each other? Very close. Within five feet? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to de-transform. Okay, that's a bonus uh, action, right? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to immediately use Moonbeam on them. Hell which yeah. Which allows me to put down a beam of light in a five-foot radius wherever I like with a 40-foot high cylinder. Um, and basically, when it's their move, each of them has to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. And if they fail, they take 2d10 radiant damage. Shit. And if they succeed, they take 1d10 radiant damage. Um, And that moonbeam stays there. Mm -hmm. And anybody who starts their turn in the moonbeam or crosses into the moonbeam has to make that same. Holy shit. Okay. And that stays there for. um, How long does that stay there? A minute. <clears throat> sweet, sweet. Okay, cool. So you uh, lift your hands up after detransforming from this camel, and this beam of light comes and shines down on both of these zombies, and they look up and just like, 
Bart looks super pissed. And it's actually their turn. So constitution saving throw. Yep. All right. Uh, first one's going to roll a. Um, let's see. That's a nine. Okay. So he takes two D10. Yeah. Do I do that or do you? You do that. Go ahead. Okay. That is. Ha! 20. Shit. No, you didn't. I rolled two tens. God damn. Do you add? No, you don't. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> okay, that one looks up and just evaporates. Just <laughs> like, um, what what is it called in Star Trek when they get beamed up? What's it called? Beam, they just beam them beam up. Beam me up? No, beam no, there's up. a word for it. Oh, um, is it like the transponder? So, you know, no. you know what? Fuck that. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. He just little kid turns into chocolate, like in the TV. You know how he like splits into a billion pieces. That's what this right. zombie does. All right, uh, second Constitution saving throw. Ooh, okay, that's a twenty. Okay, so he he only takes one d10 then. Okay, which is a five. All right, so the second one gets burnt off. You can see little flakes of skin and bone kind of dissolving off his skin, but he's still alive. Uh, and he's going to turn at you and attempt to bite you in the shoulder. Okay. He rolls a 15. Uh, my AC is 15. Okay, so that'll hit. Ty goes to the attacker. Okay. And he's going to roll a... Oh fuck! Uh, a two, two damage. But you have to take okay. a, you have to make a Constitution saving throw. Okay, I got an eleven. Uh, plus your Constitution saving throw modifier, it, including. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, you are going to take an additional seven necrotic damage, unholy damage. <laughs> well, all right then. Did he move to do that? Yeah. So he's not in the cylinder anymore. He stepped five feet forward to where you were. Okay. Okay. Uh, Carl. Uh, I'm on the table. I'm going to, I'm assuming I'm like surrounded by like plates and mugs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to grab a mug in each hand and just try and bludgeon this little skeleton with the knife. Sweet. Just straight across the face, facial area. Okay, D20, go. 19. Yeah, that'll hit. Um, what am I rolling for damage? Oh, um, you're going to roll a D4, just a D4, because it's okay. improvised weapon, yeah. plus your strength. That's a 7. Okay, sweet. Yeah, you hit this across the face, and a couple brittle bones just shatter off his head, but he's still alive. Tug. Um, I'm going to go after the one that lunged at me that's in front of me now. Okay. Um, and I'm going to kind of do that, uh, spinning elbow maneuver that I did, uh, in our, in our last skirmish. Oh yeah. With the scorpion. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, a nine. That will not hit. Okay. And then a 19. That will definitely hit. Uh, five damage. Okay, sweet. Uh, yeah, you knocked this guy pretty good in the chest, and he kind of bounces backwards a little bit. It is his turn now, so he's going to leap at you again and try to just wring his hands around your neck. He rolls a 12, so 12 misses, Tug, I assume. Yep, sure does. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, skeleton that was over Carl who just got blasted in the face with a mug, um, is going to try to stick his knife at you again, Carl. That's a 12. That does not hit. Okay, so he misses as well. Just glances right off your chest plate. Derf. Here's what I'm going to do. What is in a straight line behind the monster, starting with me? Um, Behind this monster is just this large pillar of stone, about maybe 10 feet behind him. And my moonbeam? And your moonbeam. Just a foot. He's just outside the moonbeam. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to use Gust of Wind. Okay. Which is a line of strong wind, 60 feet long and 10 feet wide. 
which blasts from me in a direction I choose. Now I'm going to blast directly at my moonbeam. Okay. Um, so he's going to have to pass and, through it? Yeah. Sick. And he has to make a strength saving throw on his turn or be pushed 15 feet back. Does it do any damage off the bat or just on his turn? Um, He's up next, so he could no. just do that. No, he does not take any damage. Okay, so strength saving throw. Same 13, right? Yep. Ooh, that's 10. Okay, so he's, he's going to get blasted through the moonbeam, uh, and, and because he is passing through it during his turn, he's going to have to make a constitution saving throw Holy or shit. take that damage. Okay, another saving throw. He rolls a 12. <laughs> okay. So he has to take he's gonna, 2d10? Yeah. He's going to take uh, 10. Yeah. So like his brethren before him, he just flies into a, a million tiny pieces and gets evaporated by this moonbeam. Carl, cool. you got two pretty hurt skeletons to deal with. How big are these, are these skeletons like smaller than Tug? No, they're they're human. They're like your size. They're oh, they're, they're, okay, I'm gonna grab a chair. Okay, sweet. Just waylay. The one with the knife. The fuck out of it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, sweet. Thirteen. Uh, that'll barely hit, but that'll hit. Nice. Uh, hey, you're you're attacking the one that's been knifing you, right? Yes. Okay. Plus your strength. Yep. It's a five. Okay, yeah. You smash this thing across the the waist area, and its chest just gets, like, removed, and its head drops down to its pelvis, and it's dead. Yeah! Guys. All right, Tug. And I still have the lowly skeleton in front of me. You got it. I'm going to punch him repeatedly with my right fist. Floria blows or just No, I'm going to grab his skeleton head with my left hand and just right fists until he's dead. Straight to the Namely dome piece. two if they both hit, hopefully I can kill him. Okay. I like it. Uh twenty not natural on the first one. Yep. Sixteen on the second one. Both hits. Let's kill this motherfucker. Uh, four damage, and then six damage. Okay, so your first one smashes his nose. Well, he doesn't really have a nose, but it just creates a hole in his skull, and his little skeleton eyebrows raise up like, oh, shit, as your second one collides through his face, and it bursts into pieces, and he is dead as well. And you guys are clear. You're in the clear. Joe, your dungeon master. Uh, thank you for checking in on us in episode eight. Hope you're enjoying the action. Uh, before we get back to it, want to uh, give a little shout out to everyone who's followed us so far on Twitter and Facebook, and kind of subscribe to our little podcast. Uh, we hope you're having fun. We love putting the show on for you, so thank you for doing that. Um, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at YMIA Tavern. Uh, you can also find us at that handle on Facebook and Instagram as well. A couple other exciting things we have going on. Um, we started up a subreddit on reddit.com. If you use Reddit and um, you want to kind of join in on the discussion about episodes and some behind-the-scenes stuff, you should definitely subscribe to that. It's YMIA Tavern, just like everything else. The next thing I want to bring up is our Patreon. Uh, we have a little site set up that you can donate to the show. If you're a big fan, you have a couple extra bucks at the end of the month, we would really appreciate it. Um, helps us get some better hosting and and maybe buy some new equipment to just put on the best show that we can for you. 
So that's patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. Uh, go check out the rewards as well. We got some cool stuff. Okay, on to a little cool thing we like to do on this podcast called a promo pause, where we like to shout out to a couple other podcasts that we like. So the first one I want to talk about is called Etten News. Do you like Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts? I hope so, because you're listening to one. Uh, how about advice columns? Etten News is simultaneously both and neither. Etten News asks and answers the question, what if Dear Abby and Dear Prudence were a giant two-headed monster? Violet and Petunia answer questions and give advice on topics such as, how do I keep adventurers from stealing my things? Or, what is the best minion handling practices? Or, is that screaming coming from my basement? In this bi-weekly podcast, listener submitted questions are criticized, derailed, and eventually answered, along with a fine red mist of monsters' rights. The fantasy world and weird premise is the jumping-off point for topics about ranging from bodily autonomy to refugees to subverting gendered stereotypes. You can find them at ettonnews.com or follow them on Twitter at ettonnews, and that's E-T-T-I-N-N-E-W-S. Go check them out. This next one is all about all things geekery. Um, so if you're a nerd and you want to hear other nerds chat about nerd stuff, uh, check out geek to geek podcast Here's a clip. I'm Void. And I'm Beej. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. All right, guys, that's it for me. I um, hope you're enjoying the episode. We got an action-packed second half ready for you to go, um, and I'm really excited about where this arc is going to take them, hopefully. So uh, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher if you like the show. And yeah, cool. All right, see you later. this um battle has come to an end as you collide with the skeleton head you hear a rumble of stone and you can see behind you the spiral staircase is starting to raise up like aka we can't leave anymore aka we're in like slow-mo and it is starting to raise up I guess I'm trying to scamper up those stairs. I think we're, well, I mean, we're going to be trapped. Yeah, I say like in slow motion. Well, that's true. Like we we fought, did a fight and found nothing. Like, I feel like we should probably stay and try and figure out what the goal of the dungeon would be. All right, I jumped out off the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, and the staircase raises up and you hear a as it closes into the ceiling and you are trapped down here and all the fires in the braziers go out and the candles on the table blow out and it's pitch black um bummer <laughs> can you guys see in the dark uh no. no oh hey i can create a flame i'll do that okay for teamwork. Is this a cantrip? Uh, yeah, I use produce flame. Is it just in your hand? Produces a flame. Uh, it's in my hand, and I guess I'll kind of look around and uh, see if there's anything like wood or like the tablecloth or something I could wrap around a broken chair leg and turn into a torch. You could also just light the candles again. I'll just light the candles again. <laughs> <laughs> okay you light the candles on the table and now there's just dim glow along the walls and you see with this you see the um kind of altar where this sarcophagus was the um statue above her eyes are glowing 
yellow. Fascinating. That's the one with the gems? Yep. I still don't take the gems. Good idea. Because that's a trap. I want to use my divine sensibility. Okay. Uh, just to detect presence of any place or object that has been consecrated or desecrated. So I guess, like, if any, they would tell me if any items are cursed. Okay. So as you use this ability um, and you kind of, like, gather this holy aura around you to be able to do this, you hear a voice coming from the statue that says, that says, You have disturbed my final resting place. Now you will remain for eternity. I don't, I don't want to do that, though. Yeah, no thanks. Um, we probably should have left. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> That's probably where we should have gone with. Wow. So end of podcast. And then <laughs> and then we starve to death. <laughs> yeah. Did so the voice did this voice just come out of the statue or did the statue's like mouth actually move? It's just like a like an ethereal voice that you all can hear echo through the chamber. Well I'm gonna use cure wounds on myself because I got pretty hurt in that fight when that zombie attacked me. Okay. So I want to try and interact with the voice. Six. You're going to interact with what? Yeah, I, I, I want to try and, like, I don't know. I want to try and talk to the voice. Okay, I like it. I wanna, so, Durf, uh, you regain six HP. Yep. So, so, so scary voice. Um, who are you? Hello? In my life, I was Sabatha, nomad of the Red Sands. Turns out I think we were looking for you, Sabatha. What are what were your people guarding? Yeah, horrible guards, by the way. <laughs> My guardians are the remains of those who came before you, those who desecrated my tomb and took advantage of my hospitality. Your actions have shown that you are no better than the one that came before you, the one who took my amulet. Uh, what actions exactly? You tried to attack my gems with a femur. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, totally us, totally us. Um, <laughs> is there anything we could do to make up for that? And she says, In order to return to the world, you must show an act of good faith. I place my mead on the the pedestal or whatever in her hands wherever the gems are and i say this will increase your charisma and persuasion plus one <laughs> maybe you should have just drank that and, you know <laughs> used it uh okay why don't you roll a uh, a persuasion check okay 18 Okay, yeah. Uh, she she holds it in, in her hands, and she says, Durf, this will do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out my holy symbol of Meshachal and offer it as a treasure. Okay, okay. You would give me the symbol of your god? My god's with me all the time. This is just an earthly relic. God damn, that's a good ass answer. Is that the statue speaking? Yeah. Same Z's. Yeah, Same Z's. <laughs> okay. And Tug, what is your symbol of your holy god? Uh, these, these these five darts that I have in my bag. And and what god might this be? Dart Tholomew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, roll a persuasion check. <laughs> Alrighty. We need this one, kid. 18. Okay. <laughs> Dark Tholomew. <laughs> now that you mention it, I think I do know that, God. Cool. Okay, 
by by offering these items, you have shown me that you know the way to kindness and benevolence. Oh yeah. You may go to spread the word across the land. And her eyes go dim. And the braziers Nope. The eyes go dim. (laughs) And the braziers light back up and the staircase lowers back to the ground. I think if we wanted to come back, we could just try and take her take her stuff back. Please don't do this. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted her to tell me about uh the, the people who stole stuff. Well they didn't they, they took one of our MacGuffins. Okay, yeah. You guys get the fuck out of there. <laughs> All uh, right. You climb up the staircase and you end up to the top back in the red sands. Um and it's a little little dimmer now. Uh but it's still like mid afternoon. And uh, the staircase closes behind you and the sand kind of mistfully uh, falls back into place over this spiral staircase. And as you as you come to the top, as you come to the top, um, you see in front of you and to either side, uh, these two to these three sets of reeds, like a pair of reeds sticking up from the sand maybe about 10 feet in front of you on either side. Uh, like, is somebody using them to breathe from underneath the sand? Uh, maybe. I pull one up. Okay. <laughs> uh, cover the top. Cover the top. Uh, what are you two doing? As he's, Which one are you going to? The, for the one in front, left, or right? Actually, you know what? Belay that order. Is my spear in the basket? Yeah, all your weapons are still in the basket. I'm going to go get my spear before I do any of this shit. Okay. So you guys all retrieve your weapons? I'll retrieve our weapons. Uh, yep. Yeah. Cool. I, again, I just mill my hands around in the basket and just <laughs> shrug. I don't know. I don't know what, what okay. the anticipator result is. Uh, yeah. And then I, 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 I try to pull up one of the reeds. Okay. Uh, I, and, I think it's probably some kind of sandworm that's going to eat me or whatever. <laughs> but in, in front of you or to the left or to the right? I'll go with the one in front of me. Okay. You walk up and you yank on one of these reeds. <coughs> um, are you yanking pretty hard? Why don't you roll a, uh, a strength check? Yeah, I, I yank pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, 18. Okay, yeah. You yank super hard and you break or 17, off. sorry. Okay, still. That's pretty good. Uh, you break off the top of this thing. Um, and as you do that, you hear this dull screech that's loud and high pitched and it's like the worst sound you've ever heard in your life and you hear this from three different directions um one right underneath you and the other to the right of tug and to the left of carl who are back about 10 feet back by the statue and as you hear this screeching noise from the sand erupts these massive cockroach looking creatures you, you, you remember men in black <laughs> yeah you know like the end of men in black when he stepped on the cockroaches yep yep it's like that sized creature okay. three of them erupt from the sand and stare straight down at you and we're back in initiative boys all right jesus uh damn it 13. Uh, all right. 16 Tug? Seven. Seven. <laughs> you rolled two. You're so good. Okay. All right. Um, first one up is the one that's got a little busted up uh, antenna from what you pulled off, Durf. And it is going to come straight down at you. So it's got these this huge like ass of just scaly, um, just butt and (laughs) it's just a scaly huge butt and um scales that lift and reach up its spine and in its head there are these two gigantic pincers that are coming out these things are like four feet long and like three feet wide um and it is just going to try to clamp across your body derf with these pincers and it is going to roll an 18 that will hit. Okay. 
Um, so this these pincers just cl- uh, just crash against your your um, hips and leave this huge gash. And they're going to do uh, thirteen damage. <laughs> cool. I'm gonna die. Okay, soon. Carl. I'm going to uh, sprint up to Durf uh, and use Lay on Hands. Okay. Uh, Durf, how, how much hit points do you, how many hit points do you have? Uh, without giving an exact number, I would say that I'm feeling about a 7 out of 20 in terms of health <laughs> right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, oh, God, that's so I'm bad. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to Lay on Hands for 10. Okay. Okay. Let's not do that's metagaming, so I'll allow <laughs> it because that was funny, but let's not do that. All right, so you heal for ten derf. Um next up is the other creature. I'll tell you what these are called. These are called ankegs. They are humongous monstrosity insects. Um and the one on the right is going to run up towards you, Carl, and it's going to once again um attack you with its giant pincers. Sure. And it rolls a 19. That's a hit. Okay. It's going to do. That's a lot of rolls. It's going to do 11 damage to you. um, Yeah. As it crushes you in the shoulder with these pincers. Tug. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Wait. Yeah, Durf, you're up. Um, All right. I... On the, so there are two cockroaches that are sort of right on top of us, right? Yep, right on top of you. Tug is still back by the statue, pretty close to the third one. On the third one, I'm going to use Animal Friendship. Oh, nice. Okay. Is that the one closest to me, right? That's what we're calling the third one? Yeah. Um, It, so if it's intelligence is four or higher, the spell fails. Um, nope. Okay. Otherwise, the beast has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed for the spell's duration. Okay. So which I got, is 24 hours. I got to beat a 13. Holy shit. 24 hours. Okay, sweet. All right. Uh, let's see. That's, uh, nope. That's a 14. 13 plus one. So you, um, you turn around and just blast this ball that hits it in the face and it shakes it right off. And it is now its turn. Um, And it's going to turn right down at Tug, who's the closest to it. And it's going to spray you. So it's going to kind of like rear back with its face and hawk a huge ass acid loogie and spray you right in the face with this. Uh, You need to make considered a ranged attack. Um, Sure. Well, it's not one that you can like hold because it's just a blast of spray. Are you trying to use your, well, it starts off like I have to negate all the damage Yeah. on the deflect missiles to even be able to do anything after that. Right. So right. I was just seeing what was up, but if it's like a spray or whatever, then that yeah. doesn't really make it sense doesn't say, I think it has to say make a ranged attack. This is just kind of like a spray that's 30 feet long and five feet wide. And you have to make a, uh, a dexterity saving throw. Uh, so, okay, so make a dex uh, saving throw. 19. Yeah, so you um you end up so you end up dodging out of the way to the left a little bit, but you do get a little bit on your um on your legs cuz you take half damage on a fail on a successful save. So, yeah. you're going to take You're going to take seven damage. All with right. With this spray of acid as it eats away at your legs. And up next is the original one um, who attacked Durf, and it's going to reach down at you again, Durf, with its with its bite. And it rolls a 24. Christ. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I Good assume job, that hits. Guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to ro- Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, you take 17 damage. 
Hey, I'm 17? dead. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah, this this what guy. What happens um, when I die? So what happens when you get hit with this much damage? This doesn't. What what does your health go to? Just tell me. Zero. Well, I mean, like what? Precisely zero. Oh, it goes to exactly zero. Okay, so yeah. you essentially um, get hit with these pincers and fall unconscious, and you are on the ground bleeding out. So every time it's your turn, we haven't done this before. Every time it's your turn, you make a death save, which is you roll a d20, and if it is lower than 10, you mark a little X on your character sheet that says you fail to save. If it's okay. greater than 10, then you succeed on a save. You have to get three successes before three failures or you die. Cool. You can be revived with someone who makes a um, medicine check. You can make a DC 10 medicine check to stabilize you. So that means you basically go to zero, but you're not bleeding out anymore. Um, You can, and then you can be healed essentially. So someone has to make a medicine check to stabilize you. Otherwise you keep rolling those saves can i talk nope you're 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 bleeding out and unconscious mm, okay. and there's three of these giant beetle correct things. and two of them are over you carl and it is your turn now you can still protect him so like they can still attack your unconscious body derf and do more damage and if you fall below your max hp in the negatives then you insta die Cool. All right, Carl. I'm going to conjure duplicate. Let's make it happen. Oh, that's so sick. Okay. All right. Where are you going to conjure this? Right beside me. Right beside you? Okay. So you're going to like... like, I want him to be like... uh, Hold on. Let me make sure. I I want him to be like five feet away from me. Like off to to our... The opposite side away from Durf. Okay. So kind of uh, getting its attention to the right Right, of you. Okay. All right, sweet. Yep. So you conjure up this dupe good of yourself, um, and it copies your movements, and you're allowed to move it as a bonus action on your turn. Uh, it, yep. So what do you want to do with it as your bonus action after you've conjured I, it? I just want him to kind of, like, try and taunt the beetles. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, cool. So you you create one to the right, away from Durf, and it does some, like, jumping jacks, and the beetles turn towards you and it away from Durf's body. Uh, it is the Ankeg's turn that um, turned itself towards this this duplicate, and it's going to reach down and bite. And as it does this, the pincers go straight through it, and it has a very confused look on its face. Durf, right. it's your turn, so you need you to make one of those saves. All right. Nine. Okay. That's a failure. That's a failure. One X on the death save. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, it is now the Ankeg that is over Tug. And uh, this is going to try to spray you again. It saw you dodge to the right. Um, and it's going to try to spray you once again, kind of overcompensating for its first miss. So yeah, go right. ahead and roll that deck save. Am I ever going to go? I feel like these guys keep attacking me. <laughs> yeah, you're after this. Natural 20. Wait, did you... Did you Make an attack yet? No. Oh, fuck. I missed it then. Uh, that's okay. You definitely dodge out of the way of this spray, and it's your turn, and I'll let you go twice since I missed you. How about that? Oh, we're going to kill this motherfucker right now. Um, I'm I'm triggering uh, my fist wraps to the bull, and I'm uh, kicking up flurry of blows here. Holy shit. Okay. So we're going to try and we're going to try and put an effort here. So it's going to go normal hand attack, backup attack, third attack, and then I'm going to use my fist wraps of the bull on my second attack. Okay, so, okay, sweet. So that one's going to be cranked up in damage. That the one's going to go up one. from a D4 to a D6. Sweet. So okay, where are you attacking attack. this thing? Uh, I guess in its uh, face. Okay, so you're going to try to leap up. Mandibles, I guess it has mandibles, so yep. I guess I'll punch through those. Sweet. Uh, first one is a 15. Uh, that will hit. Okay. Uh, so damage. Mm-hmm. Four. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you hit this guy. Okay. And, okay. Uh, Second attack, which is my powered up one. 15 again. Yep, that hits. 
for another four. Come on, can't get the ones off the D6. All right, so and you then, blast uh, both these mandibles, and it kind of shakes it off. And ready for your third attack? Third attack, yep. Uh, uh, 22. Yeah, that hits. Come on. Seven. Shit. Okay, yeah. And you uppercut this guy, uh, and a little bit of that poisonous acid spray kind of splurts out from its mouth. Uh, but it is still very much alive. That's very not a good sign. Okay. <laughs> uh, go ahead and, and go again since I missed your last attack. All right, here we go. Nine. Nope, not going to hit this time. 20, not natural. Okay, yeah, that'll hit. For, for five damage. All right, once again in the mandibles. Uh, yep. All right, so this uh, time... Wait, do I, do I have to elect a key? Can I use a key point to do another attack? Um, I forget whether it says you have to do that. No, go ahead. Uh, 18. That'll hit. Perfect, another five. Damn, son. Okay, yeah, you blast this thing in the mandibles, and you actually uh, kind of break one of them off. And it goes fluttering across the sand um, and it shakes it off and it is just seething with anger now. It's like foaming at the mouth with this green poison. Its eyes are narrowed down straight at you um, and it's pissed. Up next is the Ankeg who um, was not distracted by your duplicate, Carl. So it's going to reach down at you and attempt to bite as well. It's going to roll a 24. <laughs> These guys are crushing it. They're dead. That's going to hit? Yeah. All right. Thirteen damage to you. Yeah, I'm at negative four. Oh, really? God. Okay. All right. So you fall unconscious as well. And it's your turn, so you got to roll. Eighteen. 18. So that's a safe. What if I'm super close to dying too? Yeah. That's a safe. Yep. Okay. Um, up next is the Ankeg who, so your duplicate kind of fizzles away as you fall unconscious as well. And you are bleeding out next to Durf. And the next Ankeg is looking over your all's bodies and notices Tug and oh. is just going to sprint straight at you, hawking up a Logie as it runs and spraying it in your direction. Good. Dex save. 22. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, so you dodge out of the way. Uh, you do have to take half the damage. I forgot that last time. Um, all right, so this one, you are going to take half of 6 plus 4 plus 3, which is 13. So you're going to take 6 damage. Cool, I'm at 0. Okay. <laughs> so, as you... <laughs> okay. As you fade to blackness as these three ankegs are kind of hovering over your body. You hear the singing of a metal weapon that flies through the air. And the last thing you feel is a spray of this warm green blood on your face. Want to give a quick shout out to our three keg of sweaty toad ale patrons adam hoffling austin alba and aaron from the alexandria archives podcast thanks guys if you want to be on this list if you want something to shout out go to patreon.com slash ymia tavern